Thanks for joining us this morning on Tetelestai. Moses, Jesus, and the last days. This is what we are, the message we're in, and it is a, uh, really, it's a, a third part of, of a, a message that we're developing as we are looking in the Old Testament, the Torah, the law, the prophets, at how all of those reveal Jesus. And yesterday, as we were closing the podcast, we began to look at pictures in Israel's history, in Israel's culture, their nation, that pointed to the Messiah. And the first obvious ones we were looking at were the feasts of the Lord, the Moadim, the appointed times of God, seven of them that took place during the year. And each one of these feasts reveal the work of the Messiah. They are God's redemptive calendar. Uh, everything gives us redemptive history. Every one of these feasts are all pointing toward a finished and completed work of the Messiah. So let's get back into the message. Moses, Jesus, and the last days. Every one of them are. Obviously, the first feast Passover, what happens? A lamb is slain. Blood is applied to the doorpost of the children of Israel in faith. Obeying God in faith, trusting that they would escape judgment, they did. They are delivered because of the blood of the Lamb. They are set free. They go out through the Red Sea, which Paul says is a picture of baptism. They go into the wilderness. And then you have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is unleavened. It's pierced bread during that period of time, which shows purity. Jesus would not see defilement in the grave, the scripture tells us. He was pierced for our transgressions. Then the Feast of first fruits, which followed several days after, which was actually started the sundown after the Sabbath that Jesus was crucified. The Feast of first fruits were, were celebrated, which the, the high priest goes out and gathers the first clumps of the coming harvest, takes them back into the temple and waves them as a wave offering before God to celebrate the coming harvest. But these are the first fruits. And the scripture tells us that Christ is the first fruits of them that has been raised from the dead. It points to resurrection. He was raised. He was crucified at Passover. He was in the grave during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And he was raised on first fruits. And then 40 days later, we have Pentecost. Which was the give, which was at the same time when Israel ended up at Mount Sinai. The law was given, fire, smoke, all of those things. God's law is given at Pentecost, and Israel receives God's law. The New Testament, 40 days after his resurrection, the, the, the disciples are there 50 days after his, his crucifixion and celebration of Passover. The disciples are there in Jerusalem, and the Holy Spirit, what is poured out upon them? Fire. Languages were spoken. The Spirit of God takes up residence. God's law now is written in their heart because the new covenant has been cut by Jesus and they now are going out to declare the good news to the nations. You have that summer break during the period of time until the Feast of Trumpets. Now, the, the fall feasts are interesting because there has already been a fulfillment of them in the past, but there's also a fulfillment of them in the future. We celebrate, when we celebrate communion, we're celebrating the fulfillment of the spring feasts. We do that. And every time the Jewish people celebrate these feasts, even today, Paul tells us that we are doing these things to remember, to celebrate something that has already been fulfilled. When you've got the fall feast, you have trumpets. 
you have the Day of Atonement, and you have the Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the sense in which they've been fulfilled in the past is a sense of the Feast of Trumpets. The Feast of Trumpets is a purpose of calling Israel to repentance. To repentance, to get ready in 10 days, because in 10 days there is Yom Kippur. So repent of your sins, make yourselves prepared to meet God, because you're going to stand before God in judgment. And so Israel repents. And then on Yom Kippur, you've got the, the high priest doing his work, and you have the two the sacrifices that are made of the goats, and one goat is sacrificed, his, the blood is sprinkled on the inside over the Holy of Holies to atone for and cover the sins of Israel. The other goat, the, the goat is, has the high priest placing the, his hands on the head, confessing the sins of the nation. That goat is taken out into the wilderness and let go, picturing Israel's sins being removed as far as the east was from the west. So trumpets, you have repentance that results in redemption, with Yom Kippur, and then of course Sukkot, tabernacles, is pictured by God tabernacling among us. He took on human flesh. The scripture tells us that in John chapter 1. And the word became flesh and tabernacled among us and dwelt among us. There is repentance. There is redemption, which ultimately leads to restoration. The book of Revelation points to a future tabernacle, as do the fall feast. There is coming a time in the future when there will be a trumpet that is sounded. There will be a day of judgment that will follow that, and we will forever be tabernacle. God will make his tabernacle among men and dwell among us. All of these feasts pictured and pointed to the work of the Messiah. Paul and all of those guys started seeing that, and then they started making all of these little applications when they would write their letters to the churches. So the feasts were pictures of Jesus. And whenever you read about these feasts, in Leviticus in particular, and in the book of Deuteronomy, when you read about them, they're pointing to Jesus. Then, of course, you also not only had the feast, but then you had the whole issue of the sacrifices in the system. The sacrifices. All the sacrifices pointed to Jesus. And remember, here's something we have to understand as well. Today, so many people, especially in, in the West, have this view of God being a vengeful God, an angry God, and it was God taking his anger out on his son because he was so mad in a vengeful way on his son that he took all that wrath out. And now, because he vented all his wrath on his son, that now he can be nice to us and forgive us of our sins. That was not a biblical view of the work of redemption at all. The scripture makes it very clear that God the Father was in Christ the Son reconciling the world. They, it was a work of the Trinity together in this. And when you think about this, you don't see that kind of vengeful picture either in the sacrificial system. They didn't take those goats, they didn't take those lambs, they didn't take those sheep, they didn't take those bulls and torture them prior to killing them to vent anything. In fact, they killed them in the most, at that time, the most humane way that they could. And generally, especially the little lambs on Passover, though an animal was very important to individuals. That was one of the ways they sustained their life. That's how they made provision for their families. So this was like money and cash. This was an important thing. And many times, those, especially the little lambs, they were taken in as pets for the children and all of that. Prior to that lamb being offered up. And so when these, these animals were given... Their blood was spilled out, but there was no torture or anything. And the idea was that it was the life, 
The scripture tells us in the book of Leviticus, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And it was the blood when it was poured out. The animal's life was being given and sacrificed, substituted for the individuals and their sins. But the animal sacrifices that were given, there were, sacrif there were sacrifices given for transgressions. There were sacrifices given for blatant sins. There were also other offerings given. There weren't animals. They could bring fruits. They could bring wheat. They could bring wine. Some of those were called peace offerings. Some of those things were called thanksgiving offerings. There were all kinds and guilt offerings. There were all kinds of different offerings. But again, every single one of the sacrifices was pointing to him. It brought something and resulted in something for the individual that brought it. God set the system up in order to give us a picture of a future work that he was going to do through his son. A future work that he would do through his son, and that is exactly what he did. Well, when we get back together, Lord willing, tomorrow, we'll continue to discuss this whole beautiful, beautiful unfolding of God's redemptive plan in the pictures that are given to us through the nation of Israel. May the joy of the Lord be your strength, and may your day be richly blessed.